Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, folks. Good evening, CFL fans. And good evening to anyone else that may be out there listening us to us in Blog Talk Radio Land, or if you're listening back on iTunes down the road. Uh, it is 8 o'clock. We're on about one day later. We had some uh, people that had uh, some, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They had some um, prior commitments or they had some scheduling conflict and weren't able to make it yesterday, so we just decided we're going to switch to today. And there is two of us today, so there is some scheduling conflicts, but what the hell, we're going to talk football tonight anyways, even if there is just going to be two of us, because you know why? It's week one of the preseason, and in fact, there have been actual games played. One just finished about uh, 45 minutes ago. So there's football being played. Football season is here. No more of this uh, off-season stuff. No more rumors. No more signings. No more draft. It's game time. It's kickoff time. And the CFL season is here. I am your guest host tonight, uh, Charles Cliff, sitting in for Christopher Jones, who is uh, not available, at least at the moment. We don't know. Maybe he said he was coming on tonight, so he may show up at some point. But right now it's me guest hosting, and I want to welcome you all to the show and welcome you to our latest um, episode of Let's Talk CFL, preseason week number one. We have two games already in the book, and, well, I've got some time tonight because there's only two of us, so I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant tonight, and it's one topic that I brought up just about an hour ago on the Let's Talk uh, CFL uh, Facebook page, and if you are not a part of it and you enjoy the CFL, then you should become a part of it. Just go to Facebook, search Let's Talk CFL, and we have Facebook pages not for only for the league, for all fans, but we also have them for the individual teams. But my complaint tonight is the Montreal Alouettes, they were playing in the preseason against the Ottawa Red Blacks, and they had no stickers on their helmets. The helmets were white, and I saw the reasoning that they put out there. I saw people putting up links saying, okay, well, you've got to earn your wings and so on. I'm sorry, it looked weird to me. It, I don't know, it didn't look right. It looked like a, a, a junior team or something like that uh, going out there and playing with no stickers on their helmet. I just think in the professional league and so on, whenever your team takes the field, whether it be in the preseason, whether it be a training camp scrimmage, you should have your team's logo on your helmet. That is the team you are representing. That is the identity of your team. And to have the Alouettes out there wearing pure white helmets with no logo on it, I don't know. It it seemed uh, a little um, amateurish to me. I don't know. I didn't like it. I thought it looked kind of foolish. I kind of get where they're going, I guess, with the whole earn your um, stickers and so on. I don't know. It looks... It, it looked kind of foolish to me. 
Uh, it really did. Uh, I'm not trying to be insulting or anything. And someone said, oh, well, well, you know, there's more important things uh, to worry about during the preseason. That's all fine and good. But I thought it looked fo- weird. Uh, you've got a team there with, uh, you've got the Red Blacks, and they're all wearing their regular helmets with the Red Black logo on it. Then you've got the Alouettes wearing plain white helmets. It looked like they had just purchased them out of the sporting goods store and didn't have time to put the stickers on. And I know, again, earn your wings, yada, yada, yada. That might be fine for like a junior or a college team. These guys are professionals. I can't imagine whether they have a sticker or not on their helmet really matters. Is that really going to be a motivating factor to professionals who are getting paid to play this game? I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little oversensitive. It's just preseason. Sure, it just struck me as quite odd. Um, anyways, I've rambled long enough, and there is another person joining me tonight. There's going to be two of us, at least for the time being. We'll see if anyone joins us um, um, for the show. And, in fact, if you want to join in and you want to participate, uh, 516-418-5408, come on in and join in the discussion. We're welcome to people tonight, but we've got one person online, and he is in Calgary, and it is Will McDonald. Well, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm good, Charles. How are you? Okay, I'm doing here's all right. My, here's my theory on auto, on uh, Montreal not having stickers. Do you remember, uh, what's his name, the offensive tackle who plays for BC right now and got cut by Montreal last week? What's his name? Oh, Jovan. Come on. Um, uh, Jovan, right? Jovan Olafoye? Olafoye, right. Olafoye. Remember, yeah. he he did say that uh, that uh, Cavis Reed was the most disorganized general manager he's ever seen. Maybe he forgot to order stickers. Well, maybe. <laughs> what do you What do you think? It's well, possible. To be honest, seeing um, <laughs> seeing how their off season has gone. It would just kind of be par is, for the course is, this year, wouldn't well, it? Is this is this just the beginning of the regular season dumpster fire in Montreal? At least <laughs> okay. it means at numbers. Absolutely. Okay, but hey, I mean, uh, and I'm I'm and I'm I, I was watching the game today, and I'm looking at Rich Stubler, and man, Rich Stubler is looking old, and uh, yeah. I wonder if he can. I wonder if he can handle an entire season. So, and, and that's weird to, to say. see in a team. That's weird to see on a team coached by Mike Sherman. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but you know, I mean, uh, yeah, who knows what the season is going to turn out for Montreal? We can yeah, only wonder. Well, if they're performed or play tonight is any indication, it's going to be a long season. Now, sure, it's only a preseason game. Um, uh, we can go over that a little bit coming up here. I don't know. Do they even have stats for this yet? Oh, they do. Well, good for them. But um, oh, it could be a long season in Montreal. It could be a really long season in Montreal. And, boy, if um, Trevor Harris is out for any length of time in Ottawa because he got hurt tonight, that could mean a long night, a long season for Ottawa. So, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get into that going forward, though. Once again, so, a quarterback-driven league, right? 
Yep, no kidding. And uh, yeah, then we're going to talk a bit about that tonight. But before we do that, let's uh, press a button here. Call 516-418-5408 to speak with the host. Or hit up our social media through the Facebook group or on Twitter at Let's Talk CFL. All right, well, the first segment is, in fact, the beginning of the preseason. Um, of course, we had a preseason game earlier tonight, but it's the second preseason game that has been played. The first one was played almost a week ago, last Sunday, at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton, which is kind of neat because that's where the season's going to end because the Grey Cup is at Commonwealth in Edmonton. But it got started there last uh, Monday, last Sunday, uh, with the Montreal, excuse me, with the uh, Edmonton Eskimos taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the first preseason game. I don't remember if we've ever had um, a um, preseason game so early. It was a game played on what? It was May the twenty fourth. And there's That's already correct. a CFL game. I don't know if we've. I don't remember if we've ever had a, a CFL preseason game that early. Not that I can remember, but maybe I'm just having a short memories. Anyways, it was the winning Edmonton Eskimos beating the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 35 to 12. Did you watch this game, Will? And did you see anything that um, that um, jumped out at you from this one? Well, you know, I don't I don't put too much stock in in uh preseason games. Um and I mean at the beginning of the game Edmonton started with their starting lineup, I guess I could foresee in the near future. And I don't didn't recognize a lot of the names on Saskatchewan side because it was a it was an out of town game, so I guarantee you they probably didn't fly half their veterans there. Um, you know, guys like Zach Kolaris didn't play. Charleston Hughes didn't play. Um, there was a number of guys who didn't play. Um, you know, Edmonton played Mike Riley for the first quarter, and they played uh, Kevin Glenn for quite a bit of the game. And so I'm not surprised Edmonton won. I, I, I don't think you can read anything into that whatsoever, okay? Because you would think that your starting lineup is going to do better against the team that's playing their third and fourth string guys. So do you you put much into it? I I think, you know what it is, it comes down to it's a practice against another team. And, you know, there's no game plans. It's just, you know, guys one-on-one. And uh, I guess Edmonton looked the best out of everybody, which – which of course we expect Edmonton to look good this year, because they always look good every year. As long as you have Mike Riley, you're going to look good. And I and I think one of the other keys to them is they have Kevin Glenn, and I thought Kevin Glenn looked pretty good for the first couple of series he was in. So, you know, um, Edmonton had a rookie running back. Was his name Shaq Cooper? I think it was. He was kind of impressive. He was a real, he was a real speed Cooper, guy. Receiver. Yeah, there you go. He was, he was. was he, a uh, back? he was a receiver and a running back. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, he, he's a running he, back, but he also caught some passes. 
Yeah, so he looked pretty impressive. Um, Edmonton's got some good receivers, even though they've lost uh, they lost Zilstra this year and uh, someone else. So, but they still have some and uh, Adarius Bowman, but they still have some good players. There's no doubt about it. So, hey, we'll see what happens. Like I said, regular preseason. You know, you never know what goes on in preseason. No, but I still I still don't like to lose preseason games because I think winning is infectious and and if you win all the time you're going to win all the time. So, yep, there you go. Well, and did you watch the game tomorrow? Uh, I did watch a large portion of the game. Um, obviously, the wins and losses mean nothing. Let let's call it what it is. It, and really, just score means nothing to me. It, but it's about looking at uh, the process um, and looking at, especially the young guys, how they react in a game situation. Now, you're right. Uh, there, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos had a far more um, veteran team uh, than the Saskatchewan Roughriders, and that's to be expected. Typically, the home team does. Uh, have a more um, experienced club. Um, you don't. Uh, they, they typically the teams will keep their starters for their home game, especially when the home game is the second game uh, of the preseason. Uh, but there was some good performances there. I think uh, Shaquille Cooper, uh, like you said, he kind of stood out. He had both a decent day on the ground and in the air. Uh, Mike Riley and Kevin Glenn, actually, both of them looked actually very sharp. Uh, Riley, 5 of 6 for 69 yards, and Kevin Glenn, 10 of 13 for 131. So they both actually uh, put up some decent numbers. Looking on the other side, I think they got to hope that Zach Caleros doesn't get injured, although we did not see Brandon Bridge uh, as a backup there. Uh, but none of the Saskatchewan quarterbacks really um, put up any big numbers. There is really no big numbers uh, at all for the Saskatchewan team, with the exception of receiver Joshua Stanford, who had four catches for 77 yards. But in the end, uh, it played out like a lot of preseason games do with the more experienced team, the home team typically winning this one. Edmonton won this one going away, and I think typically, too, I think you see that the teams will take the second preseason game a little bit more seriously than the first one. You typically tend to see more of the starters for a a lot longer period. Typically, it's two quarters in a bit. I've even seen three quarters into the fourth quarters. The second one is typically more of a dress rehearsal for the upcoming season, but it is what it is. Uh, good for Edmonton to get a uh, win. Good to see, too, 28,000, over 28,000 for a preseason game uh, on a Sunday afternoon. So that's encouraging, too, for Edmonton that they can get 28,000 uh, for a preseason game. I'm telling you right now, I'm a Lions fan. We're not getting anywhere near that for our preseason game. We don't typically, we haven't been lately getting that for our regular season game. So. Good on the Edmonton fans for showing up uh, at the uh, preseason game. Any other thoughts yeah. on that, Will? Well, you know, 
after after watching tonight's preseason game between Ottawa and we know uh and we don't know how bad Trevor Harris got hurt. But I I always tend to wonder should you let your starters play at all in the preseason? Okay, because you know, if you get one rookie or one guy who trips over another guy and falls into your quarterback and hurts him, I mean, your season completely changes. And it's got to be a it's got to be a tough quandary for them to decide, you know, whether they should play their starters. And I know the starters want some game experience, but you know, you also got to think about the team overall. And, uh, I mean, let's face it, like we've always said in the CFL, the real season doesn't start till Labor Day. And the games before Labor Day are just warm-ups. So, you know, they could get their reps during those games. I just, I just after seeing Trevor Harris today, I, I, I wonder if, even, if it's even worth it, to be honest with you. So, because you basically, your starters, you know what they can do. It's that simple. You know what I mean? True. I know what you mean, and I know what you're saying. I understand it, but I really think that it's good for the starters to go out and to get some game reps uh, before the preseason rather than going in cold. I think it's good for the uh, quarterbacks and the receivers to get timing down. I think it's good for your starting offensive line to kind of start to gel there. I don't think you can go through a preseason without your starters playing at all. I know uh, there is always that inherent risk of injury. I understand that. But I think it's really um, helpful to have at least some uh, game time before the uh, before the team takes the field. I mean, you don't have to do a lot of them. I think you can get away with playing. You could probably even get away with the starters playing one quarter in the preseason, and that's it. Uh, I think you can limit it so that there's not as many um, opportunity for your starters to uh, to play, but I do think you should have some, personally. Just to get yeah, into okay. game speed I mean, and to kind of get, get their timing down. Yeah, and I tend to agree with you, but I just, I just, I would be concerned as a general manager or a head coach that someone's going to get, get hurt. And, uh, well, I guess that's football, right? If you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. So. There you go. All right. So, and of course, in the second game, we met, we referenced the first game. I thought we just referenced the second game, the one that finished about an hour ago in Ottawa as the Red Blacks beat the Alouettes 27-7. to Unfortunately, I think this is a score that the Alouettes are going to see a lot, or these types of scores this year. But um, Matt Schlitz, he's one of the guys. In fact, both of the guys that are really considered the front runners for their quarterbacking, number one quarterback, played tonight. Matt Schlitz was 8 of 13 for 114 yards and a touchdown. Drew Willie was 4 of 6 for 53 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. I'd say advantage match slits. Mm-hmm. And the big story coming out of tonight's game was Trevor Harris, who got banged up. But apparently the Rick Campbell, Coach Rick Campbell, made some comments 
saying that they don't think it is overly serious. Uh, I didn't see. Did you see what what got injured? Was it a leg? It, it looked like a leg it was a, injury. It was a it was a leg injury. It was definitely a leg injury. So. Yeah, I'm just pull, I'm just trying to there's a highlight here. I'm just trying to figure out or see, and it looks like a leg injury. Uh, looks like it kind of rolled underneath him. <clears throat> so yeah, he's down and didn't wasn't getting up real fast. Did they did, did they have to cart him off or? No, no, he walked off and he sat on the bench for a while and then and then he yeah. disappeared. So. Mm-hmm. So well, according to Rick Campbell, it said that they actually contemplated putting him back in, but uh, they did not. Uh, on the at the third quarter, he was actually in street clothes riding a bike on the sidelines. Uh, okay. So um, it looks like he's probably going to be okay. Hmm. I'm guessing that they just kept him out of the game uh, as a precaution. Yeah, probably. Uh, well, um, of course they would. Because I mean, let's face it. Without uh, without uh, Trevor Harris, Ottawa is not a very good football team. Okay. No, they're not. And there are times with Trevor Harris that they don't play like a very good football team. So. No. Nope. Um, no. Nope. But I nope. think uh, if he's gonna, but if they want any chance of success, he's got to be there. If he's hurt, they're in for big problems. They're. They're probably right down there with Montreal if he's hurt. Well, you know what? In, in reality, and and it was a it was an interesting question on on another podcast this week. Name, and I and I mean with the exception of maybe Edmonton and BC, um, and maybe Toronto. Name one team or any team in the CFL that could survive their starting quarterback being out for a long period of time. No, it would you're change right about every, that. It, it would change every team, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so you got to protect those guys. That's really important because for some reason we never have strong backups. I can so, just hear the Ryder fans jumping up and screaming, oh, we got Brandon Bridge, we got Brandon Bridge. Well, we got to see more yeah. of Brandon Bridge before we see uh, – before I'm putting him in that category, sorry. Well, and and you know what I I think maybe Brandon Bridge and and although I don't really, I I don't really like him that much because I don't think he can read defenses. I think he runs around more than anything. But you know what, he got a lot of experience last year, and maybe it'll make a difference this year with him. I, I heard an interview with him today. Yeah, I heard an interview with him today, and he still believes that. He could be the starter in Saskatchewan, and he basically says he's biding his time um, until, you know, to see how Zach Claris does. So, I mean, I haven't read a lot of stuff or heard a lot of stuff out of Saskatchewan about how Zach Claris is doing. So, I mean, uh, we shall see. We shall see. Mm -hmm. Sorry, getting right off topic here, of course, but I mean, you know, preseason is a is a big time to to work some kinks out and 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 see. You know, it, it's funny because I was listening to once again another podcast. One of the things they were talking about is they believe that the guys on this podcast they believe that making a CFL team as a rookie 
is probably harder than making an NFL team as a rookie. Well, you certainly have was, less options in the CFL. Well, well, you have less options, and don't forget, you have to have a number of Canadians included in there. Right. And you know, if you think about it, a lot of a lot of teams hold on to their Canadian draft picks in their first round, or their Canadian draft picks, and they're going to make the team as rookies. So you got to really show up if you're a rookie you know, rookie American in the CFL. It's probably a tough go. Very tough go. Yeah, I would think so. So, it's a, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I think we've spoken enough about the preseason. We've probably spoken about 20 minutes longer than anyone else has. So, let's move on. Yep. Let's talk CFL. So, uh, going back to speaking about the Elves, of course, they got crushed in preseason last night, and we referenced uh, Matt Schlitz and Drew Willie being the uh, two favorites to be the starting quarterback for the beginning of the season. There were three names in that list uh, a week ago, but that's no longer the case. Why, you might ask? Well... Their big splash free agent that they signed in the offseason, Josh Freeman, the former NFL player who started 61 games in the NFL, he didn't even make the first preseason game. He retired. He was uh, apparently struggling considerably during the preseason and basically decided to retire. Well, there was some, I've got to straighten that out because there were conflicting reports. I heard reports saying that he retired, but then I heard somebody come up and say, well, or somebody posted online that the Alouettes had actually cut him, and then he retired. Whatever the case may be, he's no longer with the Alouettes, and another notch in the belt for Cabeth Reed in horrible off-season management. Well, were you surprised to see Josh Freeman retire this quickly? You know what? I was. Um, I mean, there has been reports that he hasn't been, he hasn't looked good at all. And I, I tend to wonder if a guy who's played in the NFL for X amount of years or X amount of games and he's played American football. I wonder, I know it's a big adjustment to come to the CFL, and I tend to wonder if his, I've heard a lot of rumors that his heart wasn't in it and he had to change his game completely. You know, you add, in the CFL, you add the waggle, you add the wider field, you add the extra defender. makes a huge difference to guys who've been doing it one way their whole life. And, and, you know, maybe he wasn't, maybe he wasn't even in it. Cause I, I do believe Mark Weddall sent me something. I don't know if you saw it the other day. And one of the rumors was that, that Josh Freeman was standing around at practice smoking cigarettes. Okay. And yeah, that's how, I did see that. how much he wasn't into it. Not that I, not that I really think, you know, professional athlete, he smokes cigarettes. I, you know, everybody's going, oh, my God, but it's it's 
it's been an ongoing thing for hundreds of years in professional sports that some athletes smoke, okay? Let's face it. And you know, used to smoke in the intermissions. He'd go uh, out in the hallway in the dressing room uh, and smoke. Well, and another and another big one in Calgary was Mika Kiprasov, okay, who's one of the was one of the great goaltenders in NHL and they say he used to smoke like a chimney. Okay? So mm-hmm. I mean so what is what I say to that. I mean Obviously, it their performance. Who cares? It, it hasn't. It, this this preseason, it hasn't been the first time, and which which just goes back to the dumpster fire that's happening. It hasn't been the first time that you've heard a different story come out of Montreal. You know, mm-hmm. there's Oilo Koyoye who who got cut, and uh, there's that Canadian kid who got cut or just quit. Uh, I was listening to it today on the on on one of the podcasts, and I can't remember his name. And they had him penciled in as a starter this year. So I I, I just and you know you think back, there's also you know the guy who was going to be their defensive coordinator decided to be a scout instead. There's something going on there, okay. They haven't come out and said it yet, but there's something big going on there. And I I didn't think this could get any worse, but it seems to be getting worse every single day. Mm-hmm. And, there's all sorts and of the, crap going on there. Right, and to top it all off, how many how many points did they let in? Not that you can pay much attention to preseason because I didn't I I haven't really looked at it close to see how many of their defensive players were starting in Montreal this week, but if they let in 27 points or whatever it is, that it could be just a scary season for the team. It could be a scary season for attendance. And I think they might be in a little bit of trouble. So, and so maybe, maybe Josh Freeman figured it out before you know it was too late and maybe he quit or Jumped maybe he him. sinking ship you know i i still and i and i go back and i know i refer to this too much sometimes i believe john huffnagel for the stampeders and dave dickinson are both uh pretty big authorities on on what a good quarterback is in the CFL. And I know last year, mid-season, Josh Freeman was in Calgary trying out for the Stampeders, right. and they did they did not sign him. So I, I tend to wonder if they saw something then. And then before you know it, you know, Montreal is grasping at straws and they got to sign somebody. So they signed him, and as it turned out, Drew Willie looked better. Which in reality, Drew Willie should look better because he's been in in the CFL for five or six or seven years, and he knows the game and he knows the system. So, you know, you can't really blame Josh Freeman too much for this. So, no, it's there just another failure of Cavis Reed, to be honest. Um, yeah, and I think, just, and, and you know one what, thing one, after, the, one thing after another. One of the rumors I've heard is that uh, the ownership in Montreal has uh, has Ken Austin on speed dial, okay, for when they do dump uh, 
when they do dumb cavers read. So, well, you know you're screwing your job up when Ken Austin looks good. Well, yeah, but I mean, you can talk all you want about Ken Austin, but he has been successful. So, I mean, somewhat, and I I look at it, and and there's a guy where you could fire your – okay, so I'm sure the first thing that's going to happen is Mike Sherman gets fired within the first five games, and then they punt Davis Reed. So you need a coach and a GM, and who's the perfect guy to step in there with CFL experience would be Kent Austin. Well, at least so, at least he's been a GM in other cities before, and he has the experience. Yeah. When they brought Cavus Reed into the GM, he had been a coach. He had never been a GM, and it looked like he had never been a GM last year. Why they kept him for this year, I don't know. I, it baffles me. I was, at the end of last season, I was convinced that they were going to fire him because I thought he did a terrible job last year. And then they bring him back, and the off season has just been—it's been Keystone Cops. It really has. It's been one thing after another. It's been tire fire here, tire fire there. So I don't understand what the whole point is of keeping him. I don't know why they didn't just start fresh. Because God help them, they needed to start fresh after last season. But it's just gotten worse, and Josh Freeman is leaving. Olafoye, this and that. It's just ridiculous. So uh, uh, I I would be literally stunned if at the end of this season, Cavis Reed is still the general manager in Montreal. Stunned. Because there is no reason for him to be there. He's lucky he didn't get fired after last season. Well, I, I, don't, think, I don't think he'll be there for the entire season this year. Because, I mean, if you just... If you just look at his record, and he took over mid-off season last year, and he did things like he signed Darian Durant for big money. He signed Ernst Jackson mm-hmm. for big money. And those guys did nothing last year. And then mm-hmm. to top it all off, he cut Bear Woods the first day of training camp. Like, who cuts Bear Woods in any league, okay? And, yeah. And, and then... To top it all off, his team wins three games last year. Okay? So you would think he wouldn't have had a job, but I I guess they want to, you know, give him a chance. But I think he's proven that it's kind of silly. I mean, you know what? It takes more than a year or more than two years. It takes five years to build a contender, you know, under under your regime. And some guys do eventually get that chance, but I don't think Montreal is not known for giving their guys time. And and for me the most pathetic thing about this is if you think about this, five, seven years ago, you know, the Montreal Alouettes were the flagship in the CFL. Okay? And they had great players, and 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 now look what it's turned into, and I and I cannot believe it. So, you know, too bad. Yeah, about seven years ago, the Alouettes had Mark Trestman as their coach, Jim Pop as their general manager, Anthony Calvillo as their quarterback, Mike Pringle as their running back, 
and they were getting to Eastern Finals and Grey Cups on a regular basis. This year yep. they got Mike Sherman, uh, Kavis Reed, Drew Willie, or Matt Schlitz. One of these right. things is not like the other. And it's going to be a long year, I think, a really long year in Montreal. And this is a team that struggled to draw fans last year. And I can't see the Montreal fans being all that excited about this team, looking at the nope, prospects. Because they're probably looking at best maybe a three- or four-win season, and that might be generous, giving them that many wins. So this could be a long, long, drawn-out process. It's going to be a very trying season in Montreal. That team is in desperate need of a complete and utter rebuild. Tear it down and start from scratch, because what they got now ain't even close to good enough. So, um, you got anything more on, on the Alouettes? No, but you know what? I just, I just, I just, I just looked, watched the replay for Trevor Harris, and I'm telling you, man, that that looks pretty serious to me. Well, the way he I went saw down, the replay, it looked like he had basically had to, uh, got his leg rolled up from underneath. Yeah, and to me, it looked like his his knee and his his leg buckled really awkwardly. So, yeah, that, that'll well, be we'll interesting to see. see. I mean, I know what Rick Campbell said that he didn't think it was that serious, but they really have had no chance to properly diagnose it. So that's really just a, a guess. So it's I've heard times where player people have said, "Oh, I don't think it's that serious." And then uh, the player's out for the year. In fact, I, if I remember correctly, last year, when Travis Lule went down with his ACL, I think the Lions kind of downplayed it um, after the injury happened, and then he was out for the season uh, a few um, few days later. So we'll have to wait and see what comes out of Ottawa after that, but it did not look good from what I saw. All right, so we're through that, so let's move on to Jerron Carter. Let's talk CFL. It's the first week of training camp. Teams are getting ready for their first preseason games and gearing up for the season. And Jerron Carter's in a Twitter war with a TSN reporter. Par for the course. Par for the course. So Jerron Carter... Uh, decided to go after TSN's Derek Taylor. Taylor was on the uh, broadcast last week of the Eskimo-Saskatchewan preseason game, and he just put up stats, which he says showed that Deron Carter was not actually a the best receiver on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, that he believed, based on the stats, that Naaman Roosevelt was actually their best receiver based on stats that he had came up. Now, they were actual stats from actual games. Deron Carter didn't like that. He felt that Derek Taylor from TSN was throwing shade and decided to take to Twitter to go on a rant about that and basically suggest to TSN that they should fire Derek Taylor. Derek Taylor had... The maybe the best response uh, on Twitter, 
After Deron Carter went on his rant saying that Derek Taylor should be fired, Derek Taylor responded, Old phone, who this? Basically, just dissing mm-hmm. Deron in his response. I thought it was hilarious. Actually, I can only see the tweets uh, on the actual Three Down Nation story because, of course, Deron Carter has me blocked on Twitter. But uh, did you uh, take a look at this, Will? And did you um, did you see anything? And it's just this just another case of Duran being Duran. Of course it is. Duran Carter needs all the attention he can get, and he's gonna he's gonna try and get it. I mean, if you watch the uh, preseason game between Saskatchewan and Edmonton, they did interviews with him, and he believes that he can play every position on the team. And you know, which I, I, I don't I don't have a problem with guys having confidence, but this guy I just don't like him and he is kinda old. He does get kinda old fast. And you know what? If I look around the league I'd say last year Jerron Carter was probably the fifth best best fifth best receiver in the CFL. And, you know, I don't care if he agrees with that or not. You can hype yourself so much, but to me, it's all about the stats, baby. And uh, mm-hmm. he didn't have the best stats in the CFL. So, hey, I mean, is he a good receiver? Absolutely he's a good receiver. But you know what? It's just, it just, to me, for me, it just plays on me and it gets old and I don't even ever care if I ever hear about from this guy again. It's just, it's just, it's just horrible. And then to go after the media, and all the media is doing is giving their opinion. And you can disagree with their opinion all you want, but you have to take it to social media and go on it. I mean, how many times do sportscasters say things on on CFL broadcasts, and you never hear from the player because the players just don't do that, but Deron Carter does it. So, Most of the players don't, don't care. No, no, they don't care. I mean, uh, they're more they're you're... more worried about the actual game and the stuff on the field rather than what the media is saying about them. Not the wrong. Everybody, though. everybody is entitled to their opinion. So it's that simple. Mhm. You know what I mean? Mhm. I think Duran just needs to relax a little bit and take a bunch of people to the movies or something like that. There's well, a new there Star Wars movie. Take them to that or something. But really, it's preseason. You know, you're getting ready for the season. Who gives a damn what some TSN reporter is saying? He thinks that someone else on your team is better than you. Well, yeah, but you that, know what? What I what I'd like Duran to do is actually argue this thing with actual facts, which he can't do because he'll be proven wrong. His stats don't back it's him up. A, it's that simple. And Naaman Roosevelt was the best receiver in Saskatchewan last year. And the stats so, show that. That is correct. Uh, that is what, correct. And that's another thing. How is Naaman Roosevelt really going to um, – Really going to look at that as seeing how uh, offended Duran is that uh, Naaman is um, being said to be better than him. Is he going to say, "Yo, what up? Um, what's up? I mean, why uh, why are you taking such offense to this?" 
I mean, yeah, well, but in reality, Naaman's probably not a not a mouthpiece. He probably so he doesn't probably care. Does, he probably doesn't care. Nope. So pretty simple. Pretty simple. Yep, and Deron Carter. I'm just uh, let's face it. He likes to see he likes to see his name in the headlines. That's why he does all sure the does. stuff that he does, and and that's why he's going on this. I mean, but here's the thing: like this was said during the broadcast of a game LeBron was playing in. So did he go back looking for stuff, or or did one of his friends call him and say, "Hey, this guy's dissing you," or I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? The guy's a media guy with TSN. He's giving an opinion. If you don't like it, ignore it. Don't go to social media. But anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about him all night, but and he'd probably like that, so let's not. All right, I think that's fair enough. So then we will move on to a new topic. Let's talk CFL. All right, it came out in the past week that the CFL has released its broadcast schedule. We knew about the Canadian one, but they released it in the United States. In fact, all CFL games up to the middle of August will be televised on ESPN2 in the States. or I don't know if every single one, but a, a large portion of them will be on ESPN2 right through till the middle of August. Then they have sporadic, and they've got a game in October, and then ESPN News and ESPN2 will cover the uh, the playoffs, and then the Grey Cup will be on ESPN2. Now, all of the other games that aren't on, so basically the games, the majority of the games in September, October, November, all of them will be available through ESPN+, Plus, which is an online streaming app that ESPN has. I don't believe ESPN+, Plus is... Uh, available in Canada, but in the U.S. it is. So for five bucks a month, you can sign up for ESPN Plus and watch all the CFL games there. Do they, are they also doing the? Uh, no, they're not. They don't. I don't think they're doing the preseason one, but they did do. They are doing uh, a large portion of the, uh, especially the summertime CFL games, the Eastern, uh, and then they're kind of done until the playoffs, but. More good exposure for the CFL south of the border, and uh, now every, uh, every CFL game will be available to uh, to fans in the United States, which I think is kind of cool. So good for them. Yeah, what do you I think? I do well, too. I I yeah. think any expo any exposure the CFL gets in the states is good exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, understand a lot of a lot of Americans. There's a huge. There's a huge American foot college football following in the States. And I, I think a lot of these people follow players that they watched, you know, in U.S. college. And there's a lot of U.S. college guys in the CFL. And, you know, we can only hope that the ratings are pretty high. And then next year, ESP expands it even that much more. ESPN expands it even that much more. We can hope for that because, like I said, you know, any exposure is good exposure. And I think so. uh, it looks – yeah, I agree. And uh, I think uh, it's showing, too, that uh, 
I think they're getting at least half decent ratings. I guess they're doing, getting people watching them because yep. if they wouldn't, I don't think ESPN would still be showing them. Um, and they've actually expanded their coverage to what it has been previous. I mean, I have I have I have a lot of uh, Canadian friends who live in the states, and they all look for CFL coverage. Not all of them have gone. Not all of them have gone to the dark side and watch NFL. Which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that because I watch NFL too, and so do you. But mm-hmm. I mean, because we're football fans, okay. And I think if you're a football fan, the CFL is another alternative for people. And, uh, you know, like I said, any any coverage is good coverage. Yep. So, so. Like you said, many CFL players came up through the U.S. college system down in the NCAA. So, a lot of times the guys in these college challenges, they like to follow these players um, after they Absolutely. left college and gone on to pro. Absolutely. So, do it in the NFL news. They can do it now in the CFL. For five bucks a month, I heard some people uh, saying, oh, why do they have to pay five bucks a month? Hell, that's cheap. I know there's a bunch of people up here that would love to pay five bucks a month to watch CFL games. They'd do it in a heart. I mean, so I want... I want, anything wrong with that at all. I, want, I won't tell you what I pay for my TSN every month because I think it's highway robbery, to be honest with you. That's so, probably true. But, so, but I'm a CFL yep. fan, so I watch CFL, and the only place you can get it is on TSN. So, mm-hmm. there you go. There you go. Yep. I have not too much more to say about that. All right, fair enough. All right, so that's good on the league. I think we can move on to that next topic now. Let's talk CFL. All right, so an interesting article this week, and, uh, well, it is and it isn't, because I personally think that the answer is clear, at least to me. Uh, It came out, uh, TSN, it was a discussion between uh, Dave Naylor and Farhan Lalji of TSN. They came out uh, with a discussion of which CFL quarterback currently is closer to being an elite quarterback. Would it be Trevor Harris or Matt Nichols? Uh, they kind of went on a back and forth uh, on that, on which one was going with a better quarterback, which one was closer to being an elite quarterback. I thought this was an interesting topic. I thought we were going to have a few more people here to discuss it tonight. Uh, but there's just you and I, so no worries. So, what do you think, Will? Uh, the two quarterbacks, Trevor Harris or Matt Nichols, which would you say would be closer to an elite quarterback? Um, I, and I know I'm going to get in trouble for this from people we're on the show with and, and people who listen to us, but I don't think either one of them are an elite quarterback yet. And... How how do you become an elite quarterback? I, I'll tell you how you become an elite quarterback. You go through the regular season and you do well, which Matt Nichols and Trevor Harris have done. But then you win, you start winning playoff games, and you get to the Grey Cup, and you win a Grey Cup or either lose in a Grey Cup, 
or whatever, you, you have to take that next step. And, okay, let's face it, Ottawa going from Henry Burst to Trevor Harris, they lost a step last year. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg, that last year was Matt Nichols' first full season as a starting quarterback, and he did great. But but when the when the rubber hits the road in the playoffs, short playoffs, yeah, he came, he he came up short, and I think you got to win some playoff games. I didn't say you got to win the Grey Cup because there have been many quarterbacks. You know, I I've always had this I've always had this argument with people and in my head. Okay, you think back to, you know, in my mind. And if you if you if you go to the NFL and if you take take away Tom Brady and those guys, I've always thought the greatest quarterback in the in NFL history was Dan Marino. But the asterisk beside Dan Marino's name is he never won a Super Bowl, and the guy was lights out season after season after season. Was he an elite quarterback? I think he was. But there's still that 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 big thing where he didn't win, and and that's huge, okay? So I mean, and there's lots of theories behind that because they had such a great quarterback, they didn't spend lots of money on other players. That's why they never won the Super Bowl. All those things, yada da, yada da, yada. But I don't think Trevor Harris or Matt Nichols, and I know Mark Weddle is going to disagree with me as far as Matt Nichols go. Matt Nichols just does not, I'm sorry, he does not do anything for me. I still think he's a he's a quarterback who manages the game. And that's where I see Matt Nichols. He hasn't, to me, he doesn't stick out like Mike Riley. He doesn't stick out like Bo Levi Mitchell. He doesn't stick out like Ricky Reyes stuck out for many, many seasons. And, you know, maybe he will take that next step. I mean, if he wins the Great Cup this year, maybe he becomes an elite quarterback. I mean, let's face it. I, I think one of the reasons, one of the reasons, I mean, you, you take another guy like, like Kevin Glenn, who has been, for all sense and purposes, a career backup with fantastic stats, but he's never won a great cup. And, you know, he's never been someone in my mind who sticks out. And those two guys, to me, don't stick out. So, just my opinion. So I would say neither or is an elite quarterback yet. Will they get there? Maybe. Maybe not. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm kind of on the same page with you. Um, uh, They have both shown really good flashes. But if I'm thinking of quarterbacks that can go out and actually win a game for for you, put a team on its back and pull the game out of the fire – both of those guys are way down on my list. I, I'm putting guys like Bo, Bo Levi Mitchell up there, Mike Riley, Ricky Ray. 
I might even put Jonathan Jennings on there. I know people are going to complain about that, but I've seen him do that a few times, especially thinking back to the uh, Western semifinal a couple years ago. But I kind of agree with you that they more of the game managers. Now, I know Trevor Harris, I remember, was putting up stupid, crazy numbers. Uh, when he came in, I remember not last year, but the year before, when Henry Burris went down and Trevor Harris came in, he put up crazy numbers. He was getting in the mid, low to mid 400 yards almost every game. Last year, he had some injury problems and so on, and he wasn't the same quarterback. He was still good. He still had some decent games. But I don't know if they're the type of elite quarterback that are going to put a team on their back. You're right. They're both very good game managers. I don't disagree with that. But I don't know if I would call either one of them elite. If I had to pick one over the other about who is closer to being elite, I probably would give a slight edge to Matt Nichols because he's won a playoff game, and I don't believe Trevor Harris has ever won one. Yes, I know people are going to say, Trevor Harris won a great cup with Ottawa. He was the backup in that season. So to me, that doesn't count. Um, but uh, to me, they're, I would say I would say they're both very good quarterbacks. I wouldn't call either one of them elite yet. If yeah, but Matt has, Nichols comes out and takes another step above, we'll see there. But until that, I think they're both very good, not elite. Sorry, when did when did Matt Nichols win a playoff game? It wasn't last year. And it wasn't the year before. Did they not, no, did they not win the Western semifinal last year? No, BC no, beat them. No, they didn't. Last, they lost. What? They lost Edmonton, yes. That's they right. lost Edmonton. Uh, you're right, Matt Nichols hasn't won a playoff game. Never mind. Okay, so and, and neither one you, of them know, you know what? I also tend to agree with you as far as Jonathan Jennings, Jonathan Jennings go. And I'm not a big fan of Jonathan Jennings, but Jonathan Jennings is an exciting quarterback. Okay? Yeah. And those guys you mentioned, Bo Levi Mitchell, Mike Riley, Jonathan Jennings, Ricky Ray, these guys can all put a team on their back. And they all say, screw everything else. We're just going to win. Okay? And, and another, another perfect example of that when you talk about Trevor Harris is in 2016, how come he wasn't the starting quarterback in the Grey Cup? It's because a guy like Henry Burris, when he gets down, he will do anything and everything to win. And those guys haven't showed me that yet. No. And, and Matt you know, Nichols is a very, Matt Nichols is a very good quarterback, especially when his team has a lead. As yep. far as a quarterback leading a team back from a deficit, he's not the first guy I would go out and pick. Well, and and you know what, you can always go with Christopher Jones' theory that he always uses on this show. And you say you think Matt Nichols is closer than Travis, Trevor Harris, but I think Matt Nichols plays on a better team than Trevor Harris does. That's true. And and so, therefore, he should look better. And it's, I think, also helpful to um, uh, Matt Nichols that he's got a stud running back like Andrew Harris behind him. That, I think, also helps immensely. Not only can he 
a catch and run, so they have to be defenses are looking for either a run or a pass. It's not a straight passing play. The running game that Ottawa has is not in the same caliber, not even close to what Winnipeg has. No. And and I think in reality, if you want to talk about elite quarterbacks and elite of the elite, I think there's only one guy in the CFL, and I think that's Mike Riley because we all know that Mike Riley can take a team and put them on his back, and it doesn't matter what he has to do, he will win. So, you know. And we all know yep. that Will's not a Will's not an Edmonton fan, but he certainly is a Mike Riley fan. So I think you know, I think Bo Levi Mitchell is on the verge at least of being in that in that same kind of elk as Mike Riley. Maybe not to the same level as Riley, but I don't think he's far behind. Well, but I, I, I tend to wonder, and, and I know it's a team sport, and I've never put it all on, on Bo Levi Mitchell, but I tend to wonder if he had that extra little whatever, could they have won the last two Grey Cups? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so that's my thing on, on Bo Levi Mitchell. That's my thing on Bo Levi Mitchell. But on the other hand, he did win a Grey Cup in his rookie season. Yes, he did. Okay, so 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 there you go. I guess you could have arguments about this for a long time. Yeah, but yeah, I don't I don't think either one of them are elite status yet. No, I don't think so either. No. All right, so we've uh, kind of gone on that pretty good, I think. So we'll move on to uh, talk about something else. Hey, hey are, are you impressed? Sorry about that. What was you saying? That's okay. Are you impressed, Charles? We made it through the first hour, just the two of us. <laughs> and it's perfect because we're five segments in, so I've got five more segments. So we just repeat that, and we're we're laughing here. And we're going to talk a little bit more about quarterbacks coming up here. We were just talking about two of them. Now we're going to look at uh, all of them because our good friend uh, in Saskatchewan has put out his list of the top, what is it? He actually put out a list of top 20 CFL quarterbacks. So he's going with backups and starters. So this is his list. Rod Peterson, yes, Mr. Saskatchewan Rough Rider, that Rod Peterson, he came out with a list of his top quarterbacks. So I'm just going to count down the top ten for you. Uh, So number one, Bo Levi Mitchell. Number two, Mike Riley. Number three, Ricky Ray. Number four, Trevor Harris. Number five, Matt Nichols. Isn't that interesting? The two guys we were just talking about are right back to back. Number six, Jonathan Jennings. Number seven, Zach Caleros. Has Rod Peterson put the Riders at seventh in anything ever? Number eight, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Number nine, Kevin Glenn. Number ten, James Franklin. I'm going to go down to number 12 here because this is annoying to me. I hope this is just because he's injured that he's there. It's got to be, right? Number 12, Travis Lule, underneath 
Brandon Bridge at 11. So th- uh, that's got to just be because he's injured, right? Because if he's healthy, he doesn't belong anywhere near where Brandon Bridge is. So well, is yeah, but I still on. don't know how how he puts James Franklin above Brandon Bridge, above Travis Lule. Okay, because James Franklin didn't see the season or didn't see the field last year. Did he okay. take any snaps? I don't think so. He might have taken Very games good. near the end of the season, but I don't think so. And I, I, Brandon Bridge played a fair amount of games. If he didn't start them, he came in halfway through. Travis Lule, even before he got his hurt, he played more games than, than James Franklin, and he was effective. I, I don't understand how he does that, okay? And I mean, um, I, I, how, how do you put, how do you put Jeremiah Mazzoli behind Zach Kolaris when in reality Jeremiah Mazzoli won more games than Zach Kolaris did last year? He took Zach Kolaris's job from him. Yeah, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. You know, um. I I I I agree with the top three, and I really believe that those top three are interchangeable. I still think mm-hmm. Mike Riley's the best quarterback in the CFL, but yeah. you know I I'm good as long as he's in the top three. Okay, um, you know Matt Nichols. I, I guess he's basing that on stats from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan Jennings, you know, if you base it on not last year but the year before, okay, okay, I'm good with that. Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of, and even to have a, a top twenty, and how do you, how do you put Johnny Manziel in the top twenty? A guy who's never, never played the taken game, a CFL snap. Well, well, I don't know. Is there is there twenty one quarterbacks in the CFL? I guess they don't no, have all the backups, but a lot of the backups don't. No, I think is, it's, is that you know you rate you rate Ricky Stanzi as number sixteen. Ricky Stanzi did not see a snap last year. Instead of Alex Ross and Dominic Davis, who both played last year. Uh huh. And I, and I don't know where he comes up with this, but I've I've never agreed with Rod Peterson on anything, and he's one of the guys he's blocked me off of his Twitter. So, I mean, and, and so I, I'm surprised he didn't have uh, all four Saskatchewan quarterbacks as the top four. But besides the point, yeah. I mean. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think you should, the biggest debate would be who are the top five quarterbacks in the CFL. Mm-hmm. And then I you think could have some one. pretty, you could have some pretty good debates. Okay. But yeah, well, I think 20, the top three all fit there. And then it's a matter of sorting out the next four or five. Cause Ricky Ray, Mike I mean, Riley, and Bully by Mitchell are your top three, I think and yes. on any list. Yes. Then when you get into Trevor Harris, Matt Nichols, Jonathan Jennings, Zach Caleros, Jeremiah Mazzoli, well, when you talk about the, the top five, 
you could make a case for probably any of those guys being in the top five. So that's where it gets a little. But when you're getting down to like 15, Cody Fajardo, and well, uh, how a, did he come to it, that reason? It's a nine-team league, and you've got a top 20 in quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. I can see you having a top 20 in the NFL. Okay, because there's 30 teams or 31 teams, but a top 20 in the CFL? Come on, was it a slow Tuesday for Rod Peterson? Sorry, you cut uh, out Charles. I just said he's literally going into third stringers. Yeah. Like, how do you even judge that? These the guys don't play. They said they're no. holding a board most of the time. I no. do like the uh, Drew Wilson at Schlitz tied at 13. Yeah. Like, and back. good luck. Yeah. Well, what, whatever. I mean, it's another it's Rod Peterson article. A lot of the people are even saying the same thing. There's comments underneath, and they're like, really, a top 20 list for a nine-team league? I know. I know. I wonder if during the NHL Original Six, they had the top 20 goalies. I don't know. Slow slow news day for Rod Peterson, I guess. I don't know. Apparently. He wanted to forget that the Riders lost in preseason, so he did this. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess so. I guess that's I what it was. Would put, and I still would put Ricky Ray number one above Bowley by Mitchell. If anything in the top five, that's what I would swap. And I'm 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 uh, more inclined to put Mike Riley above Bowley by Mitchell in the top yeah. twenty. So yeah. I mean, like I said, it's all debatable. There are some people that might switch Ricky Ray and Bo Levi Mitchell, too. I don't know if I would go that far, although Ricky Ray is coming off a Grey Cup, so and he's won four yep. of them, so there's an argument to be yes, made there. Yes, he has. But, uh, all fun and games in the world of Rod Peterson, so. Yes, yes. We'll just leave hey, that and, word and, and, and And Rod Peterson, if you happen to be listening, feel free to call in, man. Yeah, call us up. We'll be happy to talk with these. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you got some reasoning for that. I'm guessing Rod's not listening, but whatever. If you want to call Rod, 516-418-5408. Or if anyone else knows Rod Peterson's reasoning and wants to call, 516-418-5408. We're here talking. Let's talk CFL. All right, segment seven. As we know, last year, Jonathan Jennings had a rough season. That's putting it mildly. He was going in, and if I remember correctly, there were a lot of lists like that one we just saw from Rod Peterson ranking quarterbacks at the beginning of last season, and I'm pretty sure I saw some of the lists that had Jonathan Jennings as high as number three on some of those lists. Boy, he didn't play like a number three quarterback in the league last year. He struggled from the word go. Uh, He was hampered, especially in the first half of the season, he was hampered with nagging injuries that he picked up. And he had a a very good uh, 2016 season. But 2017 is one that I think Jonathan Jennings is going to want to forget about. And um, he did have some decent games, 
Last year, I'm not saying he didn't, but the bad outweighed the good for the most part with Jonathan Jennings. He had three games where he threw three picks and more. That ain't good. He's got to have a bounce back year. And what do you think, Will? Do you think we're going to see a better and improved Jonathan Jennings more, the guy we saw in 2016 coming in this year? Well, it can't get any worse than last year. We know that. Um, and I think uh, I think BC could be, and I'm not going to say they're going to be last place in the CFL, but they could be close if Jonathan Jennings doesn't play like he did in 2016. I think they're in big trouble if he doesn't play better. Because, like I, like I said, that guy can carry a team on his back. And uh, if he doesn't regain his form or, you know, last year they were talking, you know, BC didn't have a great offensive line, so he was scrambling a lot, which I agree with totally. You know, they've shored up their offensive line. Will Jonathan Jennings be better? I would say yes, because in reality, this will be his third year as a full-time starter. And and I think... Uh, if it goes the way it goes with most quarterbacks, everything is going to slow down for him this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should see we should see better, if not the same, as 2016. So we'll see. But like I said, if they if if he doesn't regain his form, they're in trouble. Yeah. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but they're in trouble if he doesn't regain his form. Depending on how soon Travis Lule is back in the lineup, so yeah, you, know, you can talk about you can talk about how old Travis Lule is, but he's still not that old compared to some of the older quarterbacks in the CFL. And I still True. think he has the skills. Yeah, he he's what five years. Travis Lule is still like five years younger than Ricky Ray, who just won a Grey Cup. Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Jennings has to return the form. Now, I did back up Jennings a lot last year because I blamed a lot of the uh, his troubles on the on the um, play calling of, of Safari Jones. Uh, uh, yeah, Kari Jones, who happens to be in Montreal working with Matt Schlitz and Drew Willie. Have fun, Montreal fans. Um, but he's got a new offensive coordinator this year, Jerry Jackson. So if he struggles again, it'll be very difficult to try and blame this on an offensive coordinator. He's got to be more the guy we saw in 2016. I thought he was fantastic for the most part in 2016. He was a playmaker. He was a guy that had a lot of confidence. He Last year... He was overthrowing guys constantly. I don't know why. And he was underthrowing guys constantly. Last year was a nightmare for Jonathan Jennings. Let's call it what it is. He had a few flashes of the guy we saw in 2016, but in general, it was a it was a a, a cluster bang the whole year. Uh, he's got to be better, and he knows he's got to be better. This is the make or break year for Jonathan Jennings. If there's no improvement. Uh, his time might be over in the CFL. Um, I do think with the new offensive coordinator, I think he's going to be an improvement. 
He certainly has the weapons. Guys like Manny Arsenal, guys like Brian Burnham. They've got. I still think the Lions have a very good receiving core. I still say they're in the upper echelon in the league in receiving cores. But the best receiving core in this league isn't going to do much if your quarterback's not getting you the ball. I think it's going to be better. I'm so glad that Jovan Olafoya is back because I think that's going to help keep him protected because that was another thing that was a problem for Jonathan Jennings last year. He was not getting time because that uh, offensive line that the Lions had last year was like Swiss cheese. People were running through it left and right. So I'm really interested to see if they can get increased protection for Jonathan Jennings. I think he's going to bounce back this year. I still have confidence in him. I haven't lost it yet. Um, We've seen quarterbacks in the past that have struggled uh, to, um, um, for one season, for whatever reason, and then they bounce back and have a great year the next year. So I'm hoping and looking to see that we're going to get uh, better play for Jonathan Jennings one of the things with Jonathan Jennings is I don't think he used his legs enough last year. I think he was trying to become somewhat of a pocket passer. Now, whether that was being designed by Kahari Jones or not, he didn't. Use, he, he's best when he's a quarterback that's moving around, that's moving the pocket. When he's also a threat to run, it keeps the defense honest. But he was, there were times when he wasn't playing that, so I don't know if that was the scheme that Kahari Jones had put in. I don't know if injuries were hampering him so to the point where he couldn't play like that. But uh, that's when he's best, and that's what I'm looking for this year for Jonathan Jennings. Uh, so I'll be very interested to see what happens going forward this year and whether or not we see more of the guy we saw back in 2016. And I think uh, I'll be starting, I don't know if we're going to, He'll probably see some uh, playing time tomorrow night. I don't know how much. Uh, I think he made the trip with the team to Calgary. Uh, so it starts tomorrow night and going forward. And I think you're going to be there live tomorrow night, aren't you, Will? I will so be there. Um, just as a side note, as far as the BC, as far as the Lions go, Jonathan Jennings, um, I have a friend here in Calgary who's, uh, whose uh, son plays quarterback for York University. And he's been their quarterback for this was just, I think this is coming up to his fourth year, but his first year at university, the Stampeders invited him to their training camp as an extra quarterback to throw balls. And he got to hang out with the Stampeders and and practice with them for two weeks. And then last year, he got to do the same thing with Edmonton. And this year he got to do the same thing with the lions. And according to his, according to his dad, the most impressed, the guy he's been impressed with the most in the three years, he said was Jonathan Jennings and impressed with the fact that was very helpful was, was talking to him about, you know, what he does and so on and so forth. And, and he was very impressed with Jonathan Jennings. So, which which is surprising because Jonathan Jennings is a young guy and uh but he was very impressed. He was impressed with Jonathan Jennings and he said Wally Buono is just a just a king, so as far as he's concerned. So which was quite interesting. So 
Yeah, and uh, I haven't heard anything concrete out of the Lions about how long Travis Lule is going to be out for. Um, I'm guessing he's not going to be in the lineup to start the regular season, although I, I really haven't heard anything. I know he's been at camp. I know he's had pads on because I've seen him with pads on, but I haven't heard the progress of what Travis Lule is. So um, he's listed as number four right now on the depth chart, or at least he is because the Lions have put out a depth chart for tomorrow's game. Now Lule is listed as number four, so I don't know what that means, whether he's dressing. I I don't know, but um, um, yeah, Jennings has to bounce back if the Lions are going to have success this year. And you're right; if he doesn't, it could be a quite a um, it could be quite a, a long night. It really can. So, yeah, we got to see it. But um, you know, we got to at least give him the chance to to do it there. Yes, but no, I am looking forward to tomorrow night against uh, BC. So yep, I'm sure. Um, um, I had no. Every year, I have trouble getting where, rid of my six exhibition season tickets, but I had no problem this week getting rid of them. So, really, um, there was, well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think there will be lots of people at the game, but we'll see because it is, uh, it is uh, pretty uh, wet here right now, and it's supposed to continue into tomorrow night. So. Hmm. I mean, you Most know me. I'll be there weather. A bit. I'll, I'll be there whether I'm wet or dry. You. But no, no. no. <laughs> so I will yep. be there because I'm I'm dying to go to a football game. So yeah, well, <laughs> be in not long to wait now. So no, sir. Very good. All right, let's uh, move on now. Let's talk CFL. Well, we haven't talked a lot about Johnny Manziel tonight, so I guess it's time to do that. He is going to make his preseason debut tomorrow night. Uh, is the game in Hamilton? Yeah, they're they're playing at home against the Toronto Argonauts at Tim Hortons Field, and Johnny Manziel will be playing in that game, according to head coach June Jones, which is a little bit interesting considering last week during our show, he hadn't even taken any reps yet, but from all accounts, uh, people who have been there watching him, people seem to think that he's getting better and better as he as his uh, practice is progressing. So it's interesting. He gets his first uh, taste of CFL game action tomorrow night as the Ticats host the Toronto Argonauts at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, the game is on TSN, so if you want to tune in and see Johnny Manziel play for the first time, you can do that. So what do you think, Will? Are you uh, interested to see what Johnny Manziel can do on a CFL field? I'm curious. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I do I? I still don't think he will be the starter going into the season. But like I said last week, I mean within the first five games, I think you will see him because I really believe Hamilton's going 0-5 to start mm-hmm. the season, and people will start uh, yelling for Johnny Manziel. So, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting. The, the Ticats have all but uh, confirmed that Mazzoli will be 
the starter week one. Yep. And I and, don't think that's know, a big surprise. And you know what? It 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 adds a little bit of interesting stuff to football games, okay? Sure I mean, does. I'm sure there's lots of people out there that I mean, I'm 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 excited because Calgary's home opener is against is against Hamilton, and hey, Johnny Manziel might be there. He might be the starter. He might get a quarter. Who knows? I mean, if the Stampeders are up sixty to nothing like they were last year, you know, maybe he'll get some reps. We'll see. And, and it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I mean, yep. let's face it, football. I mean. Us on this show care about who wins, and we care about the teams. But in reality, we want to be entertained, and that's part of entertainment. So, sure. And you can bet that Johnny Manziel getting in the game. The highlights from that, they're going to be on ESPN. They're going to be on CNN. They're going to be shown all throughout the U.S. because there is interest in Johnny Manziel down in the states. There has been for a long well, time. We saw that with all the. Uh, all the media coverage of him just signing in Hamilton, and the and the scariest thing is, we'll even if he doesn't play, we'll probably see more highlights of him standing on the sidelines than we will of other players. Oh, probably. You know that TSN, every chance they get, they're going to show him, even if he's standing there doing nothing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you watch some of the Edmonton Saskatchewan preseason game, all Rod Black talked about was Johnny Manziel, which mm-hmm. I couldn't believe. Okay, so you know what the hell? And and I mean it must I think be that's disheartening because to, Rod Black never knows what's going on to begin with. So well, it must be disheartening for for the actual stars in the CFL. Mm-hmm. The reason, the reasons that I go to games. I mean, I go to games because, you know, Calgary's got one of the top three quarterbacks in the CFL. Okay, and he's right. fun to watch, and he's fun to watch. I, I, you know, but what we're starting to see is we're starting to see the American hype machine, which they hype everything way past what it should be. Of course, and uh, you know they're bringing it north now. Absolutely. It's it's fun to watch, I'll admit it, okay? It's entertaining. It's kind of like my wife is addicted to entertainment news, okay? This is kind of right. like the same thing. This is kind of like yeah. the same thing. Because mm-hmm. there you go. My, wi- my wife is, a, is not a sports fan, and she mm-hmm. even knows who Johnny Manziel is. So, sure. Because it's I'll on Good Morning that. America mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So, Yep. Well, I, yeah, I was going to say that because this is probably going to be maybe the most watched, most publicized preseason game maybe ever, ever in, in the CFL. CFL, absolutely. Because, I mean, is Johnny Manziel, and even if he does play, I don't think he's going to um, play very much. I can see him maybe getting one or two one or two series, and that's about it. Because, let's face it, he really hasn't had all that much practice time. He's had a week, uh, basically. And that's what somebody else is saying. Why are they having preseason games a week into um, the training camp? But it, it is what it is. So, 
Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, how that goes. Um, but it is going to be interesting. I mean, uh, let's face it, people are going to be curious, and there's going to be a buzz once once and if he steps on the field. Um, it just uh, created a huge buzz. I mean, when was the last time anyone in the States even knew that a CFL preseason game was even being played? And yet they'll probably be on ESPN Sports Center. There'll probably be highlights of it. So, hey, it's exposure for the league, especially down south. So, it can't be a bad thing, right? No, not at all. Mhm. Yep. Any publicity, any publicity is good publicity. Absolutely. So we'll see how Johnny Football fares in his CFL debut. So let's move on. Talk CFL. All right. We're moving along here. So back to the Alouettes, of course. Um, They've gotten a piece of the puzzle, at least they'll tell you it is, back as Chip Cox, who most people thought was going to retire. He's 35 years old. And he's going to come back and play with Montreal. Um, There was speculation that Cox might uh, join the team as either a coach or a scout. But apparently, Cavis Reed has talked Chip Cox into returning to the field. Uh, He was actually placed on the retirement list last year. So, uh, is this a good move for the Alouettes, or is this just straight-up desperation. What do you think, Will? <laughs> well, I've never I've never liked Chip Cox, but I guess he is a veteran presence. And, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> he's a 13-year CFL veteran, so at least you know he's going to put some effort in. Mm-hmm. So, and he might be able to give the <clears throat> American coaches on Montreal some advice on experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, hey, whatever. He's a good Montreal presence needs... to have around the team, I guess. Uh, sure. I... I, I'm thinking if I was Montreal and, and I was in the situation they're in it, with quarterbacks, I. I'd try and talk Doug Flutie into coming out of retirement. <laughs> what the hell? Why not? <laughs> Can't be any worse. So maybe uh, know, maybe Mike Sherman can use his um, contacts and contact Brett Favre. Look, the uh, Chip Cox is 35 years old, coming off a season-ending injury. He was still second on the team last year with 67 tackles, so there's that. But this is just, I hope they're not expecting much from this guy on the field. This guy's best before date is here and probably past at this point. Um, let's face it, uh, he, I don't think this guy's got much left in the tank. He was a great I thought he was an outstanding um, linebacker in his day. He threw borderline hits. I don't think there's anyone that would disagree with that. Some would have called them dirty. 
I think he was a very good defensive player. But I think he's kind of at the end of the line. He was expected to retire last year after the season-ending injury. In fact, that's what they were talking about a lot in Montreal, that that both Chip Cox and Nick Lewis were going to retire. Chip Cox, I guess, had a change of heart. And sometimes uh, players can uh, have a change of heart, but it's they're not always the decisions they make are not always straight up um good decisions there have been many players who have decided to come back uh and um you know they're a shadow of their former self so um you know it's interesting but i i'm not expecting much from chip cox on the field this year he is uh getting up there 35 and coming off a fairly serious injury last year I don't know. We'll see what happens, but um, to me, this is somewhat looking like desperation for Montreal at this point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and did they did they ask him back because he fits into the into the money situation for them? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I I think I think they've overspent in a lot of places, and I think money wise, they're kind of in trouble. So. Mm-hmm. But. You know, and I think that's why they got rid of uh, Jovan. So we'll see. It could be. Yep. You know, but uh, like at I least don't... At, at least we know they still have uh, what's his name on their team. Come on, he used to play for BC, the running back. He returns kicks now. Stefan Logan. So Stefan Logan, and you know what? I've always liked that guy. He's always. The years he's been in Montreal, he's always put out great effort, and so maybe he's a bright spot on their team. So he might know. be, but he's up there in age too. He's thirty-six. Oh, he's I know a year he older than Chip he Clark, but, but he still got. But he hasn't looked that bad in the last two years. So. No, it still looks like he's got some gas in the tank. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. He's a very good so. player. Yeah, he is. Boy, I remember yes. when he broke into the league with the Lions. He was something else. Yes, he was. And he actually Buzz played indeed. for quite some time with the in the um, with in the NFL with both the Steelers and the Detroit Lions. So yeah, yeah, he's had, he a, he's had a good too. career. Mhm. Mhm. Anyways, there's not much more we can say about Chip Cox. No, well, good luck to him. Let's talk CFL. A bit of an interesting trade went down uh, this week. Um, It's kind of rare that you see trades in the CFL all that much, especially in training camp um, when teams are, you know, they're getting ready for the season. It's kind of weird to see a trade go down. But there was a trade uh, late last week between the um, Hamilton Tiger Cats and the BC Lions. Um, where the, oh, sorry, I've clicked on the wrong, I've been looking, I clicked on the wrong thing. Okay. The Lions have acquired, uh, defensive lineman Devon Colvin and a sixth round pick in the 2019 CFL draft. He goes, um, they go to the Lions in exchange for a fourth round pick in 2019. Now, Coleman had a decent season last year with the Hamilton Dagger Cats, uh, he had 41 defensive tackles and five quarterback sacks through 17 games. 
this is a guy that actually has played some in the NFL. He played in four games with the Dallas Cowboys in 2014 and in 2015. And he also spent time with the Chicago Bears, New York Giants, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, last year was his first uh, season uh, in the CFL. It was a decent season, but I just more than anything else, I found the timing of this a little bit strange. Uh, I don't know why. Now, there was another story about this. I don't know. I didn't see it. But there was something, it just seems strange to me, um, the timing. Maybe it was a salary dump or something, but to me, I don't mind it because the Lions have needed some help on on the defensive line. And this guy had a decent first year in the CFL, so I'm thinking this could be a good pickup for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Will, do you have any thoughts on this trade? I really, nope. I I really don't, because okay. I don't really know. I don't really know the two players, to be honest, or the players involved. Um, Von Coleman and trade with Hamilton. What did Hamilton get? Hamilton got a fourth round pick, but they gave up Coleman and a sixth round pick, and a wow. sixth round pick. So I guess maybe. Hamilton is deep on the defensive line this year, so that's why they got rid of him. Yep. But I mean, I think I think I think BC can really use some defensive line help because I mean they lost uh, Alex Bazzi and uh, what's his name Rowe this mm-hmm. off season. So you know, but on the other hand, I think defensive linemen are a dime a dozen, and and we'll see who else they bring in. So. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, apparently, I'm just reading another story here out of the, from the Hamilton Spectator. Uh, apparently, Coleman was involved uh, in the uh, Ticats training camp. He was involved in a loud and extended shouting match with Nikita Whitlock, who is a fellow defensive player for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. This happened just a few days before the trade was made, so... Maybe there is some friction there. Um, maybe there's some friction there in the Hamilton dressing room uh, between some players, and June Jones decided he just wanted to um, prevent any sort of um, issues going forward. Well, and, and for Coleman, you know, hey, let's face it. If I had a choice to live in Vancouver or in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't no like question, I, sure. I don't like I don't like BC, but I would move there quicker than yep. I'd ever move to Hamilton. So, yep. But know, it is interesting because so. it said leading up to the trade, Coleman was taking all the majority of the first team reps during training camp. So either this uh, dust up um, had an effect, or maybe the Tiger Cats just didn't like what they saw. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it also depends on how these guys, you know, how these guys fit into the locker room and so on and so forth. So maybe he wasn't a good fit in their locker room. You never know. You never know. But it is kind of odd that they would trade him like, you know, a week in the training camp, right? So so there's always there's always more to the story than we know. That's true. You know true. what I mean? There's always, if, if we... 
if someone told us about the things that went on behind closed doors, and not just in football, in general, okay, pretty much any sport, you, you, yeah, you would be you would be shocked and amazed, mm-hmm. okay, because these guys have the personas that they're they're in a league of their own, and they probably play in a league of their own as well. So, oh, uh, probably. There you go. Yep. There you go. Well, anyways. I hope he has a good year because that can only help. Uh, oh, because defensive line was a huge problem spot for the BC Lions last year. So anything yep. that makes that line better, I'm in favor of. Yeah. Yep, so absolutely. All right. Well, Me I think too. we've yeah, we've done as good as we can with that trade, so let's move on to something else. Talk CFL. Well, we're still with Hamilton again. Boy, there's a lot of news coming out of there this week. Um, right now, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are in a stalemate with their f- number one pick, wide receiver Mark Chapman, who was the first overall pick in this year's CFL draft. Uh, Chapman, uh, who is a star receiver for Central Michigan, in the NCAA at 59 receptions for 875 yards and five touchdowns in 13 games in his senior year at Central Michigan. He was the number one pick of the CFL draft by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, But apparently the two sides are described as being light years apart in terms of a contract. So... We saw this recently, I think it was last year, or two years ago, there was a another, it was this, the guy in Saskatchewan, do you remember his name, Will? There was the guy in Saskatchewan the that offen- was holding the, out. The, the offensive lineman, The lineman, right? yes. Um, yeah, 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 and I God, can't remember his name. His name but, but I know who you mean. It'll come to me. But he yeah. was a, I believe also, he was a first-round pick, he might have also been the first overall pick. And, again, he held out uh, basically all of training camp um, before he finally made an agreement, I believe, the week before the season started, um, was um, when um, he made the signing. Well, it looks like they're in the same situation in Hamilton with this guy, this um, Chapman... um, I don't want to try and devalue it. I really don't. But you're the number one pick of the CFL draft. I mean, I know you think you're worth something, but at the same time, you've got to really um, pick your spots here. And I don't think holding out uh, for a bunch of money, even if you were the number one pick in the CFL, it's not a good career look for you. Will, what are your thoughts? Well, just just and I just googled it. Josiah St. John was his name. Thank you. That's what his the, name. I was just looking the it up too. Defensive lineman. You know what? I, I I wonder, and and I tend not to blame the players. Sometimes I tend to blame their agents. Okay, because this is a young guy. I think that's a big part of the problem. Yeah, this is a young guy, and I'm sure he. He's dreamed of playing professional football, maybe not in the CFL, maybe in the NFL, but in the CFL because this guy is Canadian. 
Um, and he, he, I really think this guy deserved um, the first round pick because I've seen some of his highlights, and and he's a he's a pretty impressive player, and 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 he would, I think he would fit into Hamilton's offense perfectly, right from the get go. But you're not you're not starting off with a good impression, okay? Nope. And you're you're gonna get more money than the average rookie in the CFL gets, guaranteed. Right. Okay, because you're the first round pick. But uh you know, you need to go to training camp. You need to experience what the pro game is like. You need to experience what the speed is like in the pro game. You need to experience these all of these things. And he is basically two weeks behind. And, you know, and it's too bad because, yep. like I said, he will help Hamilton. But, I mean, what are we talking? Are they arguing over a couple of grand? Or are they arguing over 10000 Because, I mean, his contract can't be that big, okay? But I don't know if he doesn't realize this isn't the NFL. And it's Hamilton, Ontario in the CFL. There's a lot less money there. Sorry. Yeah. And, you know, I, but I, I really think a lot of these guys are influenced by their agents. So you, you can't really blame him. But I think it's a, it's a waste that he would uh, hold out in training camp. Just my thoughts. Oh, I, I think so, too. I don't know how far the, the – it was just <laughs> reported as light years apart. Now – yeah. I don't know what that means. That's not really descriptive. That doesn't really tell us anything. Uh, it just means that it doesn't seem that they're all that close. Yeah. But again, this guy, yeah, he had a great college career. I'm not disputing that. But college and professional are two different beasts. And I know you played well in college. There have been tons. The, the football world is littered with college superstars that got to the pro game and couldn't adapt. So that is I know he wants. I know he wants a big payday. But I think you you you're right. Being a first overall pick, he's going to get paid more than your typical rookie. But if you're trying to hit a home run on your first pro contract when you have no professional experience whatsoever, it doesn't work that way. And I know he's saying, well, I was the first overall pick, but there are lots of receivers out there. Um, it helps I mean, who an import I mean, receiver, but they can certainly go find non-imports that can play the does, position. Who does he think he is, Johnny Manziel? Come on. Well, apparently. <laughs> you know, I'm not I, sure. I, I, just... I, don't know where, I don't know where Rod Peterson would have this guy ranked in his top 100 receiver list or whatever he no, put together. I, I don't but, know. Probably five. Um, no. But it's, it's, it's hard to say. But yeah, it's, it's just, I, I would think, you know, you know what? You want to look for a big contract. You sign your first contract for two years and then you become, it's the only league in the world where after two years you can become a unrestricted free agent in the CFL and go to the highest highest bidder. Come to the CFL, play for the two years, um, blow it up, and then the money will come. 
pretty simple. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I... the, the the problem the problem with not just football and today's generation is they do not want to work hard before they reap the rewards. They want to reap the rewards and then they'll consider working hard. Yeah. So. I think this guy's getting a little bit confused. He's trying to compare being the first overall pick to the CFL draft and being the first overall pick in the NFL draft. I got news for you, my friend. You're not exactly it's, in the same position there. It's the CFL, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's a good league, but it's not one that's got lots of money. So. No, that's true. So, and if you go out and you play for two years and you impress – you will get a raise, but you, you got to show you can do it in pro first. You, you you can't just say I was the first overall pick, pay me a bunch of money. It doesn't work like that. No, nope. sorry, it just doesn't. Not at all. Nope. All right, so good luck with that, Mister Chapman. Yeah. Talk CFL. Well, we've done pretty well. We've gone through our entire agenda. And we only have 12 minutes left, so that's not bad. We did with that's two guys not bad. going back that's and forth, bad. and there's uh, 12 minutes left. So we got to so – I'm sure we, we should, should find – sorry, go on. We should win the Let's Talk CFL Podcast Windbag Awards, okay? What do you think? I agree with that because we've been able to just go on and on and rant and rave and, yep. and talk, yep. and then, you know, we – Done an hour and forty eight minutes. I think that's pretty good for two people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like having a conversation with a buddy about football. That's all it is, right? Yeah, that's pretty much. But it was good. I've we've been flowing pretty good here. So, what yep. else should we talk about for the final twelve minutes? Well, uh, there was the, the BC Lions. I'll go back to the BC Lions. They actually went viral on the internet this week. I don't know if you saw this, Will, but this was literally all over Twitter. And it went viral. The people were um, left and right, right throughout, like, the U- it was being shown on U.S. stations and so on. The Lions, who are up at training camp in uh, Kamloops right now, they crashed a local Aquafit class. For those of you that don't know what Aquafit is, it's basically an aerobics workout that you do in a swimming pool. Um, but it was just a hilarious video. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, Will. Basically, the entire Lions team are in there, and they're working out in this Aquafit class. And Aquafit kind of has a stigma for being a workout that old ladies do. So you've got these big, giant football players in there working out with a bunch of old ladies in a swimming pool up in Kamloops. It was actually a really funny video. And like I said, it went viral. It was all over the place. Uh, really? It was actually a really good video. It was funny. They're out there with all these little old ladies doing these workouts in this pool. And, yeah, it's got – I'm just looking at it here. Well, just this one I'm looking at had 382 retweets. But um, mm. I know I, I saw it. They were showing it on ESPN. I think CNN had a signal, sig, segment on it. One of the funniest things of the entire video is one of the players, I don't know who it was, but one of the players is in the, in the swimming pool there. He's standing literally in the middle of the swimming pool, and it looks like he's tweeting something out on his phone. And who was up there? It looked like, I think it was Jeremiah Johnson up. 
he got up on the platform and started leading everybody in it. It was a really funny video. If you don't, if you haven't seen it, you can go online to. Um, uh, well, I'm sure you can go on to uh, YouTube or anything else. Um, you'll be able to find it. Just uh, tweet um, BC Lions uh, Aquafit. It should come right up. So, if Will, if you want to look at it, I just posted it in the show chat. It's actually pretty okay. funny. So, yeah. So that was funny, and it, again, it got it got a lot of tweets, and again, it's more um, exposure. Again, uh, a lot of people might laugh at it, but hey, this I'm, I'm telling you, this went all around everywhere. A lot of people were um, were retweeting and talking about this. Again, it's more exposure. Yes. <sighs> yep. Yes, indeedy. Indeed. All right. So, looking at two going on, it looks like there's uh, somewhat of a um, a um, three-way battle going on for the kicking job in um, Hamilton. Um, Liam Hiralahu. Sorry, I missed something here. Sorry. I misread that headline. He's a Lyram Hiralahu, who we had some fun with in previous years, um, especially back when he was in Winnipeg. Well, he kind of redeemed himself um, in Toronto. He actually had a very good year last year, and now he's off to Toronto. He's off to Hamilton, and he signed with Hamilton in the off season. Signed with Hamilton, and he's apparently been very impressive in training camp. So as both but also as both a punter and a place kicker. Doing mm. kickoff field goals and punting. So they're calling him a a triple threat weapon. So this was a guy that almost got run out of the league when he was with Winnipeg because he had a, such a shoddy year, but he's really seemed to uh redeem himself and brought himself back. Um, uh, after his stint in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's interesting. And then, uh, let's see. As I've mentioned before, too, uh, changing subjects here, we're in the final minutes of the show. As I've mentioned before, uh, I'm going to be at the Grey Cup this year in Edmonton, and... I like to talk about this because it saved me it saved me money, but I got like a super cheap deal on airfare to the Grey Cup this year. Normally, if you're flying from like Vancouver or Abbotsford to um, uh, Edmonton, you're paying probably a good two to three hundred dollars round trip. I got round trip airfare in November for Grey Cup weekend, sixty eight dollars. Now, it's with a new airline called Swoop Airline, which is an airline that's actually run by WestJet. It's their low-cost, low-frills airline. But, hell, I've flown on those before. I've flown on Allegiant, and I've flown on – well, I haven't flown on Spirit. I'm not that stupid, but I've flown on Frontier in the States, and I've always haven't had a problem with it. So what the hell? For an hour and 20-minute flight, I can get crapped into one of their planes – for $68 return. Now, I think um, you had said before, Will, that you were considering going to the Grey Cup this year, but uh, I think you said that you changed that because your um, 
you decided you're probably what? not going to go this year because of Grey Cups in Calgary. Well, next year, you know what? I uh, I'm uh, there's a pretty good chance I'll be at the Grey Cup this year because it's a two and a half hour drive down the highway. Okay. Exactly. And so you got to come down and but, hang out with me and Russ Gordon. So because we're well, going to be there, we're and, flying into town on Thursday. And and I was contemplating that as well. Yeah. Because uh, you know it, it it's you know I mean I, I will probably do it only if the only way I'll do it and I don't care who's in the Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. As long as it's as long as it's not Edmonton, okay. <laughs> well, you can come well, and num- cheer against Edmonton. Number one, if 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 you don't have tickets to the Grey Cup and Edmonton's in it, you're not going to find tickets. That's true. But but if any other team is there, you will find tickets. That's also true. So so and I was at the last Edmonton Grey Cup. And I have never been that cold in my life. That's but given me it something was a, to look for. Well, it was a last minute. It was a last minute thing, and uh, we were in the bleeders, okay, and we couldn't see the field past the TV screen, so it was just a miserable day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm hoping to get waiting. lucky and a Chinook blow through when I'm there. Well, I've been. I've been waiting for some things um, before I decide on these things. My my uh, wife has been on a waiting list for 14 months to get her knee replaced, and uh, we just found out today that she's getting her surgery on July 6th. So she will she will be well recovered by November, mm-hmm. and I won't have to worry about things. And that's part of the reason I hadn't committed yet. Right, because I thought she might be getting it in November, and she's going to need lots of willy support to help herself around. But right. so now that's happening in July, so so I'll probably be golden by then. There and I mean, I, I I I don't have to book hotel rooms because I have uh, I have a couple of cousins who live there, and they'll let me sleep in their house. And oh, so yeah. Yeah, it'll 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 be very easy for me to decide to go. And who can pass up the chance to come hang out with me for two or three days? All right. Well, um, you know what? Hey, Russ Gordon, I've never met him. He seems I've seen him online. He seems like a funny guy. Yeah, so, uh, Russ is a good, really good guy. Mm-hmm. He talked me into going with him to the Grey Cup. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. And it's a uh, Charles. Are you gonna? You're not taking the family with you, are you? No, it's just going to be me, it looks like. Okay, so it'll be, a, you know, one of those throw it against the wall and see what sticks kind of weekend, right? I would think so, yeah. Yeah, and those are always fun. Yep. And That's it would true. be and it would be and it would be good for you two guys to get someone like me to come because I don't drink. Okay. Yeah. So, Designated so driver. Well, not that we're going right? to have a car. De- but, yeah. Well, I will have a, I will have a car. Okay. Good point. Yeah, and uh, and uh, you know I I'd keep you out of trouble too. So there we go. Well, now this is shaping up well. Okay, we are in the final minute. We did it. We went the whole two hours with just two of us. 
I'm quite who happy. Needs, that I who feel needs very... the Who needs the other six guys on the podcast? Come on. Yeah. The rest of you guys, you're fired. It's just going to be the Charles and Will show from now on. There, no, I'm there just you kidding. Go. You guys can come back. I'm just coming yeah. back. All right, this has been Let's Talk CFL. It's preseason week one. Uh, we got more games coming up this weekend. Well, we got three games, I think, tomorrow. I know we got Hamilton, Montreal, or Hamilton, Toronto, BC, Calgary, and I believe Winnipeg plays tomorrow. I just they don't play, know who they uh, play against. Are they I playing Saskatchewan? Play or Edmonton. 